to the Diary of a Sales Expert podcast. My name's James White, and I'm on a mission to help business owners and sales professionals all over the world get incredible sales results. So thanks for listening, and let's get started. So welcome back to the podcast. And in this week's episode, I'm going to be talking all about your ideal client and how you can find the right person, customer, business for you to sell successfully into. So let me start by going backwards, just and start by to focus on the point I make here and why this is so critical. I often get asked questions. And one of my biggest mistakes when I was my previous business was when I built it up, we had just over 4,000 clients in 40 countries. We worked really, really hard to build the business up, but we had customers across a range of, in, of, in, of markets. And I hear it a lot, actually, that people say to me, oh, well, we work with lots of different companies and lots of different clients. And I really enjoy the variation of working with lots of different people. And we're really good at working with so many different industries. We do not want to pigeonhole ourselves in working with an industry. And I get that totally. I get that. I understand totally that people don't want to pigeonhole themselves. I also get people saying to me that, oh, it's really risky. If I'd have gone just after the travel industry, when COVID happened, my business would have been, would have been in trouble. And of course, you know, focusing on 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 certain industries has has its risks uh, with it. But there is an absolute. There's one word I use when I talk to people about sales and marketing, which really matters more than any of the others, and why I think you do need to find an ideal client that you can work with to to achieve goals and sales plans. And that's the word relevance. And why is that? Let me give let me give an example of why that word is so important. So let's just give a scenario where someone picks up the phone to you right now and says, and let's say they're picking up the phone to me. And let's give me, let's give some characteristics of me. I'm a man. I'm uh, in in between my 40s and 50s. I like sport. I drive a an Audi car. I live in uh, Somerset in the UK. And I'm over six foot. There you go. You've got a little bit. If you don't never met me, you've got a bit of a description about who I am right now. But So let's just say someone comes on the phone and tries to sell to me, I don't know, something related to Formula One. Okay, so I'll be honest with you, I have no interest in Formula One whatsoever. It doesn't interest me one bit. So if someone comes on the phone and says to me, uh, hi, you're a man, Uh, most men like Formula One, we want to sell you Formula One, I'm going to go, not interested, thank you. And even if they keep talking at me and engaging at me, and trying to, to, to keep saying, wow, the reason why Formula One is so good, it's good for your business is because you should do hospitality. Let's say they were going to sell me hospitality. Uh, the reason Formula One is so good is because you can do this, this and this and people love it. Uh, I'm going to still go, thanks, but I'm not interested because I don't enjoy Formula One. It's not relevant to me. It's not something that, that I would even consider. So anyone trying to sell that to me will fail. Now, if someone got on the phone to me though and said, Oh, hi, hi, James. Uh, we know that uh, you're a business owner based in Somerset, over six foot, and we've been talking to other people similar to yourself about some solutions that, so uh, you know, for business men over six foot that live in Somerset that drive Audis, and we'd really be interested in selling that solution to you because we think people in your position have problems with X, Y, and Z, and I don't know what the problems of a 40-year-old man, a 40 to 50-year-old man in living in Somerset with driving an Audi over six foot would be, but if there was a problem, then I'm going to be more intrigued and go, okay, well, hold up a sec, that's me. Okay, that's interesting. So what is it you do specifically for me? 
And as human, the reason this is so critical is, is sales is very much, people say to me, can I sell something, anything to anyone? They can sell, you know, they can sell, you know, ice to the Eskimos. And I say to people, well, if the Eskimo doesn't have a major problem or isn't looking on the, on, on the lookout for a solution for ice, then the chances are you can't sell that to someone. Just because you've got the gift of the gab, as someone says, or they've got a great way of talking, doesn't mean to say that someone automatically is just going to fall down in front of you and buy that service or product. What they are going to buy is what's relevant for them. What they are going to buy is is if your solution is relevant for them and, and talks to them individually and makes them think, well, these guys really get me and understand me. So the reason your ideal client is so important and it's important that we create that avatar is that we as humans buy selfishly. And when someone comes to us and says, I do a solution for, you know, late, you know let's say men in, that want to you know, do in Formula One and I go, well, that's not me. I'm not interested in that. I'm not going to engage. Whereas if they engage about subjects and information that's relevant because they've understood the, the demographics of who I am and how I operate, then I'm more inclined to at least consider it. I may not go straight away to say, oh, I'm going to, to work with that person, but I might think about, who was that guy? Well, they understood me there. So the reason why we want to find our ideal clients is that sales and marketing is about relevance. If I, if, if I get you to literally, you know, if you're driving the car, don't do this now, but have a look at your inbox later on today. And, and, and email marketing is one of the areas where this, people fail miserably with this. If you look at your email inbox and literally start looking at the emails that you'll want to keep, They'll either be from trusted sources, people or companies or who you've got to deliver really good advice that you want to, to, to engage with, or they'll be on subjects that are absolutely relevant to you at that point in time. And so many people on email marketing send crap. They, they blast out stuff that is just totally and utterly irrelevant. And it's just like you just press delete. The first thing you're going to press is delete. It's not relevant to you. Now you could argue, well, how will they? How would they know what's relevant to me? Well, that's where good companies will take birthday dates or you know anniversary dates. So, you know, when I had an email from a hotel, you know, last year when they said, "We know your anniversary is coming up. By the way, would you be interested in booking a, a weekend at our hotel?" I was like, "Okay," I, because it's relevant to me because my anniversary was coming up. I was like, "Okay, this is quite interesting." When people just send stuff on mass on the hope that you're going to be intrigued with something, then then it then it doesn't work. Or it doesn't work, your chance of success are lower. So the reason we want to find our ideal client is that we then, doesn't mean to say we can't sell to other people. It just means when you're marketing and selling, especially in things like using tools like Google and Facebook, they're going to ask information of what information do you know about that person? They're going to ask what are their hobbies? What are their interests? What's their age profile? What's their their work? Their, what's the characteristics of their person? What's the demographics of that person? They're going to ask you that information. And, and feel free to try this, by the way. If you don't know that information and you just want to be general, feel free to let Facebook and Google and LinkedIn or wherever you're doing your ads, Twitter, burn your money because they will burn your money all day, every day, because they can, that's how these companies became so rich, if you are untargeted and not relevant in your approach. Whereas if you become more focused and relevant and really start talking to the, a specific audience, then it's going to create that intrigue and that insight that makes people think, mm, okay, this could be, could, be, could be useful for me. So how do you find your ideal client? When people say, I don't know what my ideal client is though, James. I've got loads of people who work in lots of industries. How do I know? Here are a couple of things to be able to, to, to look at, identify this. So the first thing is, 
And the best thing I encourage people to do is look at your existing customers right now and actually go through the list and write down your top three of your best customers that you absolutely love working with. I know in my head, there are three companies that I will write down right now that I absolutely love working with. I love, I'll give them time. I'll give them commitment. And why do I love working with them? I love working with them because they take my advice on board. They respect the role that I've got and understand the knowledge and experience they've got. They apply the advice I give. They pay their invoices on time. They're not overly demanding. There's a number of factors that make that company the, 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 the best company for me to work with. And so I will give my all to them because they're in that position. Now, it doesn't mean to say that those companies are all in the same industry. But what I do look for is when I write down the list of three or five of your top customers, I can try and identify some common characteristics. What's the, Maybe there's a common theme in, in, in the element of what they sell, or maybe the value of what they sell. And in my case, it's the value of what those companies sell that tends to be, uh, and, and who they sell it to, that tends to be a common theme. So hence why in my business, I'm a specialist and I focus on working with companies that sell business to business, high value service items. So if you're, a, if you're listening to this and you sell a high value, and I mean by high value, maybe three to three to 30,000 pounds, maybe as, a, as an example, maybe five to 30,000 pounds. If you sell a service for that type of figure to another business, okay, I'm your person that can help you. I, I get exactly what you're doing and I've become made my mission, my expertise to help you in that space. And it's also maybe you're a business that's growing, you're good at what you do, but not so good at selling. I, I'm, I'm a good fit for you. But if you sell... um let's think about it, I don't know, tripods for camera equipment and the tripod sell for £25, am I going to be the best sales trainer for you? The honest answer is I can help you and your team for sure. My methods and models that I operate with sales work in across all industries, but I'm probably going to be a bit expensive for you because you need to sell a lot of tripods to get a return commercially on the investment you make. So I know my audience and who they are. And I know the characteristics of them and I'm able to identify what's driving those business owners, those CEOs to work with me. And so it means that I'm able to then go and target and engage with people similar to that to try and generate new business. And that's what I look to do. So I really encourage you to do that same thing. Write down your top list of three to five clients. Who do you enjoy working with the most? And why do you enjoy working with them? What is it about those people that I so good for you. What do you love about that as a starting point? And see if you can circle, maybe, you know, do it on a table, you know, write down, you know, across, you know, across the table at the top with the names, you create four or five columns, name the client and write down the characteristics and see if there's some common elements that you can circle around it. I was at an event the other day, the other day and the, the lady said to me, she specialized in working with quirky entrepreneurs. I thought, okay, I quite like that. So actually she identified that her market is quirky. Great, no worries at all. Now, I'm not sure you know, whether they would know that they're quirky, but most people may be. But the point being is most people know, can identify themselves in a website or a social media or a post if they see it. And I always think when you identify your target market, they sh- that person should be able to see themselves in that, in that situation. There was a company a few years ago, a mortgage company called Emnes Finance, and they had on their website, we specialize in million pound mortgages. And I thought to myself, Okay, at the time, that wasn't me. I wasn't looking for a million-pound mortgage. And some might have said, oh, well, they, they, they stopped other people from wanting to engage with them. But, but by saying we specialised in million-pound mortgages, it meant 
if that's where they were at their best, people were going to look at that and go, well, that's, that's perfect for me. So when we know our ideal client, it enables us to really identify who we're perfect for and who we're not. And that can save so much time and it can be so much better for us because we're then able to show those people why we're so good for them and how we can help them. So to find that target audience, just try and create, there's a, there is a resource that I have on my website around how to create a buyer persona. And people say to me, oh, should I really create a buyer persona and is it worthwhile doing? The answer is yes for two reasons. A, the more detailed you go into those buyer problems and what the, the buyer is thinking about, and what challenges they face and, and where they want to be, the more you understand that person, get inside their world, not just the demographics like their age and their, you know, their, their race or their, their location, but their psychographics. What makes them think? What, what annoys them? What frustrates them? What keeps them up at night? What makes them get despondent? What makes them get elated? Think about those elements. What type of you know products do they buy? I mentioned me earlier on. I, I drive an Audi and, and I play golf. And you know, for example, I you know I might wear certain type of clothing. You can get a picture of that type of person and what they value and what they they like. And then if you are a company that sells into that audience, it gives you an opportunity to target people that are similar to that to that other person. So really dig into your ideal client base and who they are. Look at what you've already done with existing clients. And, and define that target audience. Spend a bit of time doing it. Because when you are then creating content, whether it's marketing content or whether it's sales content, if you have someone in mind that you can write for, the worst content comes out when it's not written for an individual. When I write my, I mean, I have an inside my buyer's mind email newsletter that goes out. I'm thinking about an individual specifically that I'm writing for, who I'm, I've written down. It's an avatar that I've written down. I'm writing those emails for that person. And it helps me write better emails because I'm thinking about what that person is, is thinking and how they're operating. And, and when you do this, you're able to, to get a better insight and you can deliver better content and deliver better materials because you think and you, you, you know that that person has that issue. And if you're not sure about information about these people or you don't know, for example, what their, their, their circumstances are, then maybe go to some networking events, for example, or go write a survey, put a survey up online and see if people will complete it or find out a little bit more about types of people and where they go for this. So for example, if you're interested in trains, for example, if you sell a service to train spotters, then there are places you can go. There are types of people in that industry who, who love train spotting. So if your service is unique for train spotters, there's going to be a community of those people that hang out together that you can target and engage with. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to be guaranteed to, 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 to sell, but when you start talking to train spotters, for example, they're going to be looking at experiences, things they haven't seen, trains they haven't seen, or you know, I'm guessing I'm not a train spotter, but those will be the things that will be of interest to those people. And if you sell a service that helps them see a, a, a unique train, the chances are they're probably going to be interested in buying it for you because you're relevant to them and you're engaging with that audience about something that matters to them. So you've really got to be in a position where we dig in to understand that audience. And by the way, as I always say, does this mean that you can only sell to those people? No, it doesn't. If someone that comes to you from a different industry, a different area comes and says, by the way, can you help us? And are prepared to pay and invest in your services. Great, work with them. No problems at all. But when you know your audience and specifically the challenges that they face, you're in a far better position to do business. And give an example, a client of mine at the moment, um, Tom from Trunk, brilliant company. They sell software that helps 
companies that manufacture houses in factories. And they are brilliant at helping those companies. And those companies and the people and the CEOs in those companies have a series of specific problems around quality and about productivity. And what they do is they talk to the audience about those issues. We know when you're trying to create this product in your factory, this is a problem for you. And therefore, here's some information, insights, advice that can help you solve the problem. They get inside their buyer's mind. They know their buyer. They know what their challenges are. They're relevant to them. So therefore, they're able to open up conversations and dialogue because they're relevant. So I really encourage you to, to find, if you're in, and if you're in, let's say you're in a sales role and say, oh, James, uh, how do I you know, start building sales business? Do the same thing. Look at the last three or four deals that you've done and see where those clients were. Was there some common themes? Write down what the common themes were that, you, that were common to those clients and actually go after people like that. Because as I've said before in other podcasts, when you then start to go and talk to people about problems and desires of where they are, you're going to be in a far better position to get their attention. And once you've got their attention, that's going to make them think, okay, what is this? And okay, how do I, how do I, how does this work? And okay, this is interesting. And then when you then share some value and some insights and make them think and try and help them solve their problem and give them information to, to go and you know, make their world a better place, they're going to go, okay, this is quite helpful. This is quite useful. And it's going to bring them, make them on side view. It's going to make them feel comfortable that you understand their world and that's going to help them think when it comes to buying a solution, it's going to think, well, does this person understand me and my business? Can they help me? Yeah, they can. Okay, maybe let's have a conversation. Then they're going to start looking at your social media or your website. And if they start seeing this great feeling in, about you as a company, and a message on your website that says, we help X person solve the X problem. And they go, wow, that's me. They're more inclined to actually go, wow, okay, this, this company is a good fit for me and, and could I work with them? So, Finding your ideal client is, 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 is important, but I, I have a document which I will share with anyone. But if you want to put it in the comment section of the video or in the podcast, if you, I will put a link to uh, an avatar uh, and how to create your ideal avatar document that I give away free of charge. Have a little link there. If you want a link, we'll put, we'll put the link in into the podcast section below in the comment section. Have a look as to how to create that avatar. And when you do, sales and marketing, marketing certainly becomes easier it's far easier to target an audience that you can know you can engage with that you're perfect for than you're not. And if that person then or that that company or that person knows it's them when they see your marketing materials and materials or when you speak to them and think, oh, that's me, I've got that issue, then you're going to be a step ahead of other people who are just generalizing anyone and everything. So final message, be something to someone, not everything to everyone. It doesn't mean say you can't do business elsewhere, but if you're focusing on a target plan to get to where you want to be the more specific you are the better you know great for, solve a specific problem for a specific audience and you get rewarded afterwards so i hope that's given you some insights into how to find that ideal client use those examples use that those those tips i've mentioned around looking at your existing customer base who you enjoy working with and remember your ideal client should always have three factors to them there's enough of them for you to hit your target there's no point targeting you know, tall men in, in, in Iceland or tall men in Mexico over 10, over seven foot when there aren't many of them in, in that country or that area. There's going to be enough of them. They've got to be prepared to pay for what you do or the, or the price that you charge. And you have to enjoy working with them to give your best. And if you know that you've got those three things in place, you can build a target market that you can do great business with. So look, that's 
it from this episode. I want to, as I hope that's helped you. If it has, let me know. Let me know how you create an avatar that works for your business. I hope that's going to give you some insights into doing the right thing. Um, but it will make a difference for your company and you in, in, in what you sell if you can know your audience. You don't have to stay in that lane forever. You don't have to stay with that audience forever, but use it for a targeted campaign initially. It's going to help um, to, to get you where you want to be. So that my, as I always finish off the podcast with a couple of inspirational stories, and I wanted to do a story of a guy called Manesh Mahendru. And uh, Mahesh Mahendru was recovering from some knee surgery, and he was looking for some things to take off his mind. And he came across a, uh, a challenge. And I, as you know, I love my challenges. He came across a world marathon challenge. And uh, his world marathon challenge was a test of, of real endurance where he had to do seven marathons in seven consecutive days on seven different continents. So if you imagine that, seven marathons, seven days, seven continents. Um, and you have to complete each marathon within eight hours. So um, you basically fly, get on a plane, uh, sorry, get on a plane, fly, uh, get run, run, and then go again. And his only rest was when he was on the plane. And uh, he did it. Manish uh, did it after recovering from knee surgery as well. So seven marathons in seven continents in seven days. Wow, that's not even not only a lot of traveling, but that's a lot of effort and work. So Manesh Mahendru, great. Gives, I give him a huge amount of credit. That's an inspirational story. I love inspirational stories that help motivate us, inspire us to do what we want to do. Um, if you've got a story like Mahesh's or Manesh's, uh, share with me, let me know. But um, I think that's a pretty good one. Um, seven marathons in seven days in seven continents. Um, talented man. I'm not sure I, I could do that. Um, I'm not sure I'd even like to try either, but uh, with my knees, but there we go. We shall see. So look, that's my inspirational story for the day. I hope it's helped you. Hope the insights in the podcast have given you some thoughts around how to create your perfect target client to help you move forward. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please like it and subscribe. Um, please share it with others so we get uh, more people getting the results that we want them to have. But until next week, I'll uh, have a great week and I'll see you soon. Take care. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed. If you have, please subscribe to the podcast. It helps us ensure more people can get the insights and ideas they need to get incredible sales results. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode.